This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast, where I am your host, and Kim is giving me a hard time today. Because you're being bossy. Always. So she's my co-host. The boss. Very much so. All right, y'all. We are going to talk today about marketing to gain fleet customers. We were just at a industry event. Uh, it was uh, Rick White's Inner Circle, and the conversation came up about marketing to get fleet work. And there's a person in that group, and we're going to introduce him in a bit. He's not actually with us. We're just going to introduce him and because some of the ideas of what we're talking about today come from, but we will introduce him as we're talking about him later. And we just had some really good discussion about marketing for fleets. And we're going to talk about that today. But before we get too far into it, thank you to our friends at RepairPal for sponsoring this episode. RepairPal will introduce your shop to new customers through RepairPal.com, the largest site for auto repair. Learn more at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. All right, Kim. Why didn't we just have him on? You know, that's a good question. Okay, that's really dumb. So fleets. The funny thing about that is I have had shops say, I do not, I've brought it up. Like, what about fleet work? Do you do fleet work? No, God, no, I don't want to do that. But our friend that we're talking about loves it. He has a ton of fleet work. It's the majority of his business, good or bad. We have had a lot of people that they actually do want to acquire more fleet work. And that tends to be a page on their website and nothing much else ever really comes from it because Fleet work requires some work that getting traditional clients doesn't always require. So we're not talking about your family fleet. No, 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 no. This is fleets like the local business that has 30 vehicles that need to be maintained. You know, we often think of the fleet vehicles as being uh, like medium duty trucks. But I mean, I've seen fleets of Ford Festivas. Okay, I'm showing my age now. But get get still. a different example. Well, I mean, it. I seriously have seen fleets of those vehicles. So that's why I used it as a look at all the domestics. I'm going to come back to that when we're talking about our friend and his recommendations. He would say pass. Yeah, well, that's not really the fl- kind of fleet that he works on. He think he works on the fleets that most people would think of, like medium duty trucks. But I'm just pointing out that fleets are not always big trucks. Okay, noted. Sometimes they can be smaller vehicles. You have to handle that with a completely different set of or approach to marketing, which is what we're talking about today, right? So yeah. we're going to bring it in. So we're not going to talk about Ford Festivas or whatever, Fiestas or something. <laughs> All right, y'all. Let, Kim, you need to get serious about this. I just brought it to marketing. I'm trying to bring it back <laughs> in. All right, so let's do it. Okay. The, this is... You have to do that differently, right? Yeah. So actually you would have been really good at marketing for fleets. Who? Me? You. When we had our shop, like Mm -hmm. it's right up your alley, the kind of things that you need to do to market for fleets. Well, we are going to talk about this as though I'm not opening another shop just so I can do fleet work. Nope. But you're right. It's because it's all about the relationship and that's my favorite thing. Yeah, so, all right, let's go ahead and introduce who we were, who we were talking I'm to. I'm not ready. Oh, you're not ready? Okay. I just kind of want to leave it hanging out there a little bit. Well, I'm following your lead here. Now, I even gave it to you in the notes. I've got it listed down there. I was going to tease people for a long time, but we can go right on in. 
Buckaroo Buck and Bob. Buckaroo Bob. Oh, I said Buck it Buck and Bob. Yes, you said it wrong. <laughs> Otherwise known as John Firm with Firm's Firm autom- Automotive. Or Firm Automotive. In Fort Worth, not Dallas. Yes, that is very important. That is not Dallas. It is Fort Worth. For sure. So at Rick White's event, one of the things they did was everyone who was there went to John's shop to be able to give feedback on ways that he can improve efficiencies in his shop. You know what I loved about that? I don't know if he like set his team up and like gave them an idea of, hey, here's what's going to happen. But I just kept thinking, like if you bring 30 people into our business, one, that is quite a disruption of the day. Two, I feel like people would be really nervous, but they handled it really, really well. I was very impressed with their responsiveness to the whole thing. So so the thing that impressed me was John got feedback from quite a lot of people. And man, that can be a tough position to be in getting feedback from all those people because you're asking people come in and tell me what I can do better. You're not asking them come in and tell me what I'm doing right. Yeah. Be careful what you ask for. And it was a relatively short amount of time that people had to give feedback. So there was no sugarcoating anything. There was no they didn't make a sandwich out of it where they told him something he was doing good, something he was doing bad, and then wrap it up well, with something he was doing good. Know, I mean, we're not going to get into all that, but John is a grown man and he asked for it. So Rick's very, very smart about the visit being what you want. And he made it very clear that John said, I want to grow. I have goals. Help me. Yeah. And John has a good shop. But mm-hmm. here, let me get to what impressed me. Kim was just messaging with him before we started this episode because, I mean, hey, let's face it. He is a professional when it comes to getting fleet work. He will tell you that 99 point something percent of the business in his shop is fleet work. So she was messaging with him, asking him for his tips on getting fleet work. But he sent a picture where they're already tearing up concrete at the shop and by the way, putting stuff into place that was recommended to him on Saturday. And today is Wednesday. Wednesday. Like they've torn out concrete. He didn't start with something small. He was like, I'm going all in and I got this feedback. And the other thing I loved was how appreciative he was of the people who came to his shop to give him this advice. That's what I love, though, is they gave him the advice and he is taking action on it. So that was really awesome. So with that being said, though, like I went into it thinking I'm going to look at this through a marketing lens. You got goals. You want more customers. You want to whatever. So I wanted to have a marketing audit, right, in person. But then when I realized how much of his work is fleet work, so you still obviously want to have a nice presence and all of the stuff that I would tell a shop that's not focusing on fleets. But when you're focusing on fleet work, you do have to look at that very differently. And so when I asked him some of his top things that he shared, one, it's funny because he's really breaking it down real simple, but it goes back to what we taught in our class on Saturday, which is defining your customer avatar. So it sounds to me like as he's out and about in the community, he's keeping his eyes open for vehicles that are lettered, right? That clearly are company vehicles. And he starts paying attention to the type of vehicle it is. Is that a vehicle that we want to work on? Does the vehicle look like it's um, 
I'm not saying new, but but well taken care of, that obviously they care about handling the maintenance on it. Um, has it been rectant? Has it been taken care of? That's an indicator. You know, he's even going so far as to paying attention to the employees. Are they wearing uniforms? Are they well taken care of? So he's really kind of picking what I'm going to talk about later. Brian's going to talk about later is the Dream 25. Like he's really looking at okay, that company would be a great company for fleet work. Well, that's what we tell all of the people that we're talking to about marketing is that you need to define who that customer avatar is. And it sounds like he's got it figured out. He knows that he wants to work with fleets that are taking care of their vehicles. He doesn't want to be with people who are reactive, always bringing him something. And it's a last minute emergency where they got to shut down everything they're doing and start working on that vehicle. He doesn't want to work on junk, just keeping it surviving on the road and nothing else. He wants to work with people who are taking care of their employees. Mm-hmm. You know, they're wearing the nice uniforms and everything. I love that. Yep. He's created that customer avatar. And the cool thing about fleets is that you don't even have to, like, they come to you because he's driving around. And when he sees that vehicle, that is obviously part of a fleet. He's making note of it. Well, not only is he making note, like, if I'm understanding correctly, he's like talking to the drivers when you think about it. Who's bringing the vehicle to the shop? Mm -hmm. It's the drivers. And so he's starting where he is and is getting to know those drivers, buying them a drink, taking them fishing. It is all about the relationship. And in that relationship, he can start figuring out, okay, who's the owner? You know, who's the fleet manager? Who's the admin over this whole thing? And now he's already got a, you know, like when we go to teach, One kind of tip for speakers is always have a friend in the room, right? If you're going into a meeting, have a friend in the room. John's already got a friend in the room because he's made friends with the drivers. And so I'm not saying using that relationship, that sounds bad, but he's nurturing that relationship to get to the decision maker so that he can then present his shop in front of them. I want to thank our friends at RepairPal for making this episode possible. They're on a mission to put trust back in auto repair. You're an honest shop that delivers high-quality work and great service, right? Well, millions of consumers looking for mid- to major mechanical repair look for shops like yours in the RepairPal Trusted Network. Contact them to get certified today and receive one month free service at RepairPal.com forward slash shops. Being in the RepairPal Certified Network helped us grow our shop's business, and it can help yours too with new customers and a higher ARO. Plus, you don't have to worry anymore about arguing with customers over price because shops in the RepairPal Certified Network are trusted by consumers for being fair-priced. Not low-priced, fair-priced. You have to be in it to win it. So head over to RepairPal.com forward slash shops to learn more and set up a call. When you sign up, you'll get one month of service free and save $150 off certification. Well, that's a, a good segue because he is probably putting that person on what we would refer to as the Dream 25. And I have no idea if he's got any kind of an official Dream 25 list or anything. But Yeah, I mean, I'm sure in his head he does. We actually have an actual Google sheet of shops that we believe, just like John's looking and saying that would be a great customer. We know the shops already that were like, that would be a great customer. And so, yeah. You're the one that started, used the term Dream 25. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? So, you know, it wasn't me. I was in a coaching program and the Dream 25 was a big part of that coaching program. The Dream 25 is about 
sitting down and oh, determining you're in a coaching program. Oh, you know me. I you might coach. I might believe in coaching. But <laughs> the Dream Twenty Five, it is an integral part of that program. If you are in that group, then you are doing the Dream Twenty Five. And that is about sitting down and determining who are twenty five people that I would want to work with. And that's especially good for something like fleets because when you get one client, you get a massive amount of work. So the Dream 25, it can certainly be used outside of fleets also. It's just that, you know, with that, you would want to make sure that you're focusing in on clients that maybe they're influential in the area or or something like that. You know, they're, they're big into business networking in the area. You want them as a client because you know if you do a great job for them, they're going to refer a lot of people to you. Well, in the world of fleets, you come up with that list of 25 companies that you want to do business with, and then you focus in on those companies and you do things like you follow them on social media, you interact with them on social media, you may send gifts to them, you may put yourself in the same room with them for networking events and, and things like that. So, you know, there's all kind of things that you can do with the Dream 25, but you are intentionally making them aware of you and your company and what you do and essentially courting them. Yeah. Because you want to do business with them. Yeah, you want to be very careful, though, that you're being real, that you're being authentic. You never want to come off like it's your job and it's fake. Like We do a lot of gifting and customer retention and just loving on people, but it is true. It's real. So just be sure that you're being thoughtful in what you're doing. I was just reading before before we came in here, so there's a book called Giftology and when you're there's lead capture stuff everywhere all these businesses and and this guy had a get our bonus PDFs and stuff. So I was reading through one of those and he was talking about the gifts never to give. And if you really back up from that list and look at the common denominator, it's those gifts lacked uniqueness, thoughtfulness, being special and that sort of thing. So, you know, for example, John, he's taken those guys fishing, right? That's something that you know, they're in Texas and that's something that, you know, he's obviously getting to know them, but he's also doing something that he enjoys. And so it's going to create good conversation and, and create a really good time. So yeah, Brian was just going over some of those things, but for me, I kind of have a systematic approach. And so you want to really figure out what that is for you. You know, you were, you know, I think about if I'm out and about, and I meet someone, well, I'm going to go research them, just like John said he does. And I'm going to learn more about their company. But afterwards, I'm going to connect with them on social media, send them an email or send them a text. It was great to meet you. From there, we may want to schedule like a coffee or something just kind of low key, low entry, just to get to know each other a little bit better. You might go to dinner. That might be the second date. <laughs> right. First date, coffee. Second date might include their husband or wife, just something fun and relaxed. And then maybe a thank you gift for the time that they spent. But you're just nurturing that relationship. And all this is not happening in a short period of time. You're spreading this out. Here's what I'm hearing you say. Oh, my gosh. What you're saying is that the shop owner needs to go buy that dream boat that they've been wanting so that they can take fleet owners fishing. That is not what I said. It's not? No. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not what she said. No, that is definitely what you heard, though. <laughs> no, that is not what you do. And I'm going to need to get my CPA involved here. 
But you got me thrown Hunt, all Hunt, off. Hunt Demarest, Business by the Numbers podcast. He would probably disagree with me. I'm so sure he would. Disregard. But that's what I heard. I mean, I'm just saying that's what I heard. <laughs> all right. So now you've gotten to know your customer better. It's time to really start figuring out how can you get to the decision maker? And this sounds really like stepping stone-ish, but... Help me out here. Did that sound? Does it sound really? I'm telling you to be authentic and real, but then I'm like, use that relationship to get to the decision maker. That's just life. You know, just be real. That is just life. You want to be as authentic as you can be, but sometimes there are steps to the way that that you do business. I mean, it's no different than when we go to, uh, well, an event like we were just at this past weekend. We went there, we were invited to teach. Our goal when we go in there to teach is to provide as much value as we possibly can. And yes, we hope that when we come away from there, we pick up a a client or two or three. But that's not our intention when we go in there. Our intention when we go in in the room is to provide as much value as we possibly can. And that's what you should do in a situation like this is you should go into that. But your intention should be to go into that relationship that you're building and try to provide value to that person. That is the important thing. You want to be authentic. You don't want to go into it with an ulterior motive. Um, I mean, yes, obviously you're going into it and you want to gain business from doing what you're doing, but it's a tough thing to describe. But I mean, we do it all the time. Yeah. So I just have to share. Kim is completely flustered right now with that alarm that went (laughs) off. Okay. So it was birds chirping, right? Yeah. All right. Here's what happened this morning. I was listening to a podcast, Mel Robbins, and she's talking about eight simple strategies to improve your life or something like that. And one of the things said, and this is all like super scientific backed, huge studies and everything, that one second of listening to birds chirping, <laughs> stop, one second of listening to birds chirping can improve your life. And bring joy for like eight hours or something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can set an alarm using birch chirp. I literally. Well, you just made thousands of people's lives better because of the people that are listening chirping? to this podcast and heard birds chirping. The thing is, I wasn't thinking when I scheduled my alarm to drink more water that it was going to be during our podcast that it went off. So <laughs> I just, <sighs> here's what I was going to say. We talk about story brand all the time. In this whole relationship thing, when you're meeting like the drivers of these fleets and find they're bringing their vehicles to the current place. Well, figure out what's the problem. You know, in their learn, is it that they're dropping off the vehicle? The driver is. If they're not on the road, they're probably not making money, right? They have a schedule to follow. So they need to get back in that vehicle as quickly as possible or Maybe it's that their process for drop-off and pick-up and how long it's going to take you to get parts. Like I know that when we were at John's, there was a customer that either called or came in and it was clear that that was like a VIP customer. Mm -hmm. Like that was probably a fleet customer that has a lot of vehicles with them. And when they called, it was like top priority, right? So, you know, when you're, Developing that relationship, we talk about story brand. You got to find out what's the problem and how can you solve it. So 
Just keep that in mind. And then obviously also finding out how many vehicles are there? How many locations are there? Is it possible that the, that fleet could be too big or is it too small? So you have some homework to do. Yeah, and make sure that the vehicles that are in that fleet are in your sweet spot. If they're outside of it, if it's like, well, we can work on that, but it's not really the thing that we work on the most or that we're best at, then stay away from it because that's ultimately going to become a headache for you. And you know, when when you're developing that Dream 25 list, like Brian and I use an app on our phone called Todoist. And I'm telling you that because you need to have some sort of a digital record of your Dream 25 because you're going to be riding down the road and realize oh, I didn't even think about them. And you're going to say, oh, well, I'll record that on my Dream 25 when I get back to the office. Well, that could be hours or, in my case, minutes, and you forget who it was. So have a place to actually record this stuff. You know, I was just getting a call just a minute ago from the pest control guy, and it hit me. That's a pretty big fleet of vehicles. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason, I can't think about RPC pest control without thinking about, now they're called Meliora. Oh, yeah, the landscape company, company, Meliora. Uh, Our landscaping company, they just switched brands and they have a huge fleet of vehicles. Mm So I have other, so there's corporate chains, you know, there's your local mom and pop places. We have a bunch of food distribution. Like I know in John's case, he can do those big box trucks. So it depends on the types of vehicles that you can do, but just start paying attention and looking at all of those. And there's also the trades and the blue collar companies and You have to figure out which customers are going to work for you. There's local government agencies. If you can get in with the police department or EMS, they have to maintain their vehicles. So So just getting back to what you were talking about, about the Dream 25, and I'm sorry, we're kind of bouncing Mm -hmm. all over the place right now, but something that, that Kim told me kind of sparked this. The reason that you do a Dream 25 is because if not then you will just kind of give a little bit of attention here and a little bit of attention there to a whole bunch of different people. But when you have that Dream 25, it's super focused. You're like, these are the people that I am going after. I want them to be clients. I want to have a great relationship with them. I want to provide a ton of value to their company. And when you do that, all of the focus goes into those people and you can't help but pick up some of them as clients. So You know, don't overlook that idea of doing an actual Dream 25 list and making sure that that is where you're putting your focus. Because if not, you know, nothing's going to happen. Well, and if you're in a BNI group and you know that you want to work with RPC Pest Control, then in your BNI group, you're now saying to your sales team at BNI, a good referral for me would be the fleet manager for RPC Pest Control. So the Dream 25 thing is very helpful. So that's good when you are being micro focused on this is exactly who I want. But what about other forms of marketing? Is there some traditional stuff? Yeah. Do you run Facebook ads for that? What what do you think, Brian? What's- so, I mean, you can definitely do traditional marketing that will help to to bring in fleets. And just understand that your traditional marketing is not going to be anywhere near as effective as going out there and building those relationships. You know, shaking hands and kissing babies. The, but the traditional marketing that, that you can do, I mean, obviously, you can put a, web, a page on your website about fleets and you want to optimize that page for the things that people are searching for. You know, so that could be fleet repair, fleet maintenance, fleet services, that sort of thing. And then you can do some blog posts about fleets. You can do some they ask you answer content showing how you take care of your fleet clients. There's all kind of stuff that you can do with traditional marketing. 
even down to what are the vehicles that are parked in your parking lot. If you want to attract more fleet work, then maybe on one side of your parking lot, instead of parking them out back, start putting those vehicles out front. You know, you get the one of the big clients that John had was Spectrum. You know, so you start thinking about you, you got two or three Spectrum vehicles parked out in front of an auto repair shop. And the person who is the fleet manager for another company is going to put two and two together yeah. and say, oh, they must do fleet work. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, think about what vehicles you have parked out in front of your shop. Uh, the social media posts that you do, you can gear some of those towards fleet work. If you do Google ads, paid ads, you need to be very specific with those ads or you will wind up spending a lot of money for irrelevant clicks. So you want to make sure that the person who is running those ads, they know all about negative keywords. They know about exact match versus phrase match and all of that. And I'm not going to get into a a Google ads class right here, but if you're doing your own Google ads, you probably know what I'm talking about. You need to make sure that the person who's doing that is really honing in on those fleet ads because they really will, if they're not done well, you'll pay for a lot of clicks that are just irrelevant. So yeah, I mean, you can do traditional marketing, but I'm telling you the shaking hands and kissing babies, that's where it's at. Yep. You got to do it different in this case for fleet work. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode. If you have a marketing topic that you would like us to cover, you can email us at podcast at shopmarketingpros.com. You can find us online, shopmarketingpros.com. And we have a Facebook group that is really taken off called the Auto Repair Marketing Mastermind. And there's all kinds of stuff happening in there around the topic of auto repair and marketing. We are part of a larger podcast group called the Aftermarket Radio Network. And there are some other great podcasts on there. So go check those out at aftermarketradionetwork.com. And we hope that you listen in again next week. And until then, go fill those bays. You've been listening to the Auto Repair Marketing Podcast with Kim and Brian Walker. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening app. Find their emails in the show notes and visit them at shopmarketingpros.com. Let Kim and Brian know what you want discussed because they're all about advancing the aftermarket.